Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Folks, here today on the Five for Fighting podcast, we will be breaking down fights that we think are going to be happening on opening night. And I figured, what better person to get on than a player who has likely dropped a mitts with a few of the guys that we're going to talk about tonight? ECHL veteran Stefan Fournier. Stefan, how are you doing tonight? I'm not that, not bad. You, Alec, how's it going, buddy? Oh, good. I appreciate you taking the time to come on and working with me here. We had a couple of delays uh, with me getting home off of work, so I appreciate you hanging with me and uh, you know re- being flexible with the schedule here. No, listen, I appreciate it a lot. Obviously, I'm not at training camp, so I miss, uh, you know, I miss the action and I'm happy to get on here and chat about it with you tonight. Yeah, for sure. You know, well, the, of course, the, the NHL season started tonight um, and the ECHL season starts on October 19th. I know training camp rosters have just been released. So um, for folks listening, when we go over some of these these um, matchups that we think might happen, we're not taking it with a grain of salt. We're not saying this is going to be like, you know, th- these guys are for sure going. Some guys might not even be dressed opening night. Some guys might be off the roster from training camp by the time this episode, or excuse me, by the time opening night even rolls around. So take all of this with a grain of salt, but I think it's still going to be a lot of fun. There's still um, a lot of tough guys rolling around in the ECHL. I would probably say it's... Um, the toughest North American hockey league right now. If I, I mean, even though there's a fight limit, would you agree with that Stefan? Yeah. I mean, look, I, there's always a little bit of a discrepancy between like the really tough AHL guys, you know, the Galants and the, 
you know, Dodie, obviously, Howe's made his way up there now, too. Who, uh, But, I mean, there, there's obviously probably a little bit more fighting that goes on throughout the league. Just, you know, guys trying to make their place. And, obviously, it being a week-to-week contract league, you know, some guys are always trying to get, get out there and, you know, go a little bit of the extra mile to uh, to stick in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in a, I know there's the fight rules and everything that go on, but, I mean, there's still definitely some tough dudes rolling around. And we saw Garrett Hunt return, the all-time leader in ECHL penalty minutes. That was a great addition last minute. I It was funny because I, I, of course, made the episode, um, I think it was two episodes ago now, kind of where tough guys have signed and whatever. And then, uh, like, immediately after that, there was, like, six more signings. So just the way it goes sometimes, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes usually. Um, well, I guess we'll, we'll hop right into it here. So we have, um, I, I initially had done this as it was going to be kind of opening night, but then I realized that there was opening night only had one game. So I said, we'll, we'll make it the opening weekend. Um, and some of these, some of these matchups might not have, um, you know, might not have a fight in it. So we're just, I mean, I'll mention what matchup it is, but we'll probably end up just skipping over the game. Um, Opening night, though, is actually uh, my team that I support, the Florida Everblades, and they will be taking on the Orlando Solar Bears at the Amway Center. Um, in terms of toughness, I, I this is the first time um, in a while I would think Orlando's got a little bit more sandpaper than Florida. Uh, they don't have Kyle Newber this year. They just announced the training camp rosters, and Kyle Newber was not on it. Um, I think maybe the toughest guy that they might have would be, um, I don't know, like, Scott Allen or maybe Tommy Apap, who's fought a little bit here and there. I've seen a couple Apap fights, yeah. but uh, you know Orlando's got Maza out there. So um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, look, it's obviously it's a division that I'm not uh, I'm not as familiar with being uh, in the Mountain Division the whole time. But uh, I mean, for the longest time, there was always the resident tough kind of Nuber there. And uh, I mean, aside from that, I mean Maza. You know, opening night is one of those nights where you don't know whoever's going to be in the lineup. Right. It's kind of a tough. Uh, it's kind of a tough pick, but you know what? You have to guess that uh, playing against the team that's won two years in a row. You know, Orlando and Florida is a big rivalry, and they'll try to set the tone right away. So, um, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, th- those games always get a little bit scrappy. I remember in my nine games in Orlando, there was a couple, uh, a couple little scraps between the division down there in the south. Yeah, for sure. And Orlando, to me, was always a little bit softer than Florida. But like I said, this year, especially with what Jacksonville has, where they got Van Bokel up there now, um, they kind of filled the void of uh, Travis Howe. But, you know, now Scott Allen had a couple fights. He's a bigger, definitely a big dude. He's one of those guys where he's got size, but he's not really a fighter quite yet. And I think people just want to challenge him just because he's got size. Um, but Jimmy Mazza, I, I think, is probably, probably the toughest dude, which is actually weird to say now. Um, and that's no slight. Yeah. To, that's no slight to Jimmy, but when when Florida no, no, had, yeah, when Florida had a guy like Newber, and then you look at Orlando where they've had like you know guys like Gillies in the past and stuff like that. So it's just uh, just a, a weird a weird time for the for Florida teams, I guess. Yeah, I mean maybe uh, maybe they got a little bit more heat down there, but I mean those uh, that team in Jacksonville is always tough, and obviously the team in Savannah is too now. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess we'll move on to the next night, which is Friday the 20th, and we have the Reading Royals versus the Newfoundland Growlers. Um, as far as I know, Newfoundland doesn't really have too, too much right now, especially with Melendi gone now, and I know Melendi wasn't really your your prototypical enforcer, but he was definitely just a bigger dude who kind of dropped the gloves, but I know he just, uh, I think he hung him up this offseason. Yeah, I think he's working full-time <clears throat> as a firefighter down there in, uh, in St. John's. Oh, right on. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. So I know I know that Reading has uh, Spencer Kennedy, tough guy from the SPHL, big dude. He put up like almost five pims every game he played in. It seemed like so. I'm curious to see if he's going to start kind of running around on Newfoundland out there. Yeah, I mean it'll depend if he makes the team, right? I'm not uh, I'm right. not really aware of who he is, but you know, obviously when people go into training camp, they kind of load up on uh, what they think they need, and as the salary cap kind of comes into effect and you know they start trimming down rosters you never know who's going to be around and who's not it's especially depending on if they're coming out of the sp right yeah exactly and with the sp it's always i like to me um i forget who i was talking about with this but the jump from a being a tough guy in the sp to a tough guy in the echl depending on what division you're in is going to be a massive change um, you know, the SPHL, it's got veteran players, but I don't think it has caliber guys like, you know, with the Anthony Collins, Skio, Nuber. So I'm always curious to no, see. Oh, I mean, uh, it changed over the years, right? I mean, obviously yeah. you can't say that completely. I mean, Alex Gallant was in the, was in the, the SP. And, yep. Uh, you know, Travis Howe was in the SP also, and, you know, they turned out to be pretty, uh, pretty good at their pugilistic skills. So, yeah. uh, you know, but, uh, I think that they also came into the league 10 years ago. So, I mean, the, the games changed a lot, I think over the last 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I well, I'll do a quick side note. So, do you have any solid training camp stories? Did you ever do anything that was like that would help you stick out to get get people to notice you and kind of sign you on a roster during training camp times? Well, are you talking in the East Coast or when I was in the NHL? I guess in general, just anything. I mean, look, I in the NHL and in my preseason, I fought in every single game I played, and I fought McQuaid in my first one at twenty. Then I ended up fighting Paul Bissonette. I fought uh, Nick Grossman. Fought Kyle Newber at one two. Um, I mean, it it, it kind of just came with the territory. I mean, I didn't see myself as a fighter at all coming out of junior, but I'm obviously big with the tattoos and whatever, and I kind of have a big mouth, and um, you know, that's just kind of uh, how the cookie crumbled in that case. But uh, you know, I had a couple. The, the one with Bissonette was funny. Like I got onto the ice and I had made my mind up earlier that I was going to do it on the first shift, and when I dropped my stuff, he looked at me and he was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> He's like, if you're gonna do it, at least let's go buckets off, you know. So I kind of got baptized straight into the flames with uh, who I was deciding to fight at that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's always funny. It's like uh, you see training camps now, and of course, like you mentioned, the game's completely different for just from ten years ago, let alone twenty to thirty. And it was like training. Well, I don't camp. think people want anyone to be injuring themselves anymore during training camp, too, right? I think they'll yeah, to get hurt preseason and. Um, you know, unfortunately, most people's lineups are already decided. So, yeah, um, obviously, everyone's building. Everyone's building around the salary cap. So, yeah, no, for sure. And it's, um, you know, I just I figured I'd ask to see if it, you know, training camp you know, around this time kind of brings up anything for you, of course, from back in the day. I mean, look, it brings up it brings up all the old memories when I was trying to make it to the NHL. When right. uh, you know what, it was time to go out there and put the battle boots on, but. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've played an ECHL preseason game in the last five years. Oh, really? No shit. No, no. I never had the tryout. So. Oh yeah. Well, I've been I mean, a coach. Yeah. I've been an assistant coach <laughs> the last year, right? So yeah, kind that's of, true. Uh, it kind of. Uh, I, it, it was like my my time to like go behind the bench, and then uh, you know the coaches would be coaching and the would be scouting in the stands for who they thought they liked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the next matchup we have uh, is going to be between the Fort Wayne Comets and the Indy Fuel. And there's a good one because, of course, Fort Wayne, uh, they just – I don't think he's on the training camp roster, but I, I know that he was with them at one point or they made an announcement for him. But Cade McNelly, uh, tough dude coming out of the dub. He has been off uh, for, I think, the past two seasons. I don't think he's played. 
Um, so I'm curious to see if he actually gets ice time with them. But the Indy Fuel have uh, Chris Cameron out there. Uh, did you ever have any have any run-ins with him while you were playing? No, I only played him once, and I think uh, even at that, he wasn't at the time. He might have been a rookie or a second-year guy. Yeah, I don't think I've seen Indy in a while. They've been in Indy for a little bit now. But, uh, you know, Fort Wayne is always one of those places where, you know, it's a gladiator's rink there. Yeah. Um, you know, Sidlowski can get into a fight. I mean, you can name it. You can go up and down the list over there. And it's, uh, you know, once you get into that arena, there's uh, there, there's always a – I feel like in Fort Wayne, there's like an inch thick of blood that could be covered across <laughs> the whole, like, over all the battles that have been fought there over how many years? Is it 40, 50, 60 years? Yeah, it's been a long time. They've been around for Yeah, that's minute. like a gladiator stadium. I feel like whenever you go in there, there's something bad that could happen, so – yeah, for sure. And it was Zidlowski signing back there was big. I know he played the one season with Orlando last year. Um, now, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but Zidlowski seems like kind of a sleeper pick where he might not fight all the time, but he looks really good when he's fighting, if that makes no, I sense. I mean, look, he's a, he, he's, a year, he's a year or two older than me, and I think, uh, you know, he comes from that older time where obviously he's an ECHL MVP, right? He won yeah. an MVP of the whole league. Um, it's not exactly in his MO to have to fight. You know, but uh, obviously he likes it every once in a while. And he uh, someone like him, he's he's obviously dynamic and what he can bring to a team, being able to fight and uh, score goals. So. All right. So we'll get our we'll get our first matchup here. We'll we'll say hypothetically speaking here. Sean Sidlowski drops the glove with Chris Cameron. Who you got in that fight? Oh, man, I have a hard time going against Sidlowski, but Cameron's really big. I call it a draw. You call it a draw. I, I, you know, I'm down with the draw. We'll play Switzerland. We'll go with the draw. Yeah, I don't I'm, think I'm I've really seen Sidlowski lose that bad, you know? I haven't either. So it's like, you know, and but the thing is, I haven't seen Cameron lose that bad either on top of it. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe to Sean Allen. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, something like that. Um, so the next one, and this is a good one too. This is uh, this is one I, I'm probably excited for. And if I were to take a bet on if there was any game that would have a fight on opening night, it would probably be this one. And that is between the Norfolk Admirals and the Savannah Ghost Pirates. Um, of course, the Norfolk Admirals lost Nico Blashman in the offseason, but they gained Josh Thrower, another ECHL veteran that's been around for quite some time. And Savannah just picked up uh, Anthony Collins in the offseason, and they re-signed Darian Skio. So those are kind of the uh, the three resident tough guys for both teams there. So how do you feel about this uh, this game? No, I mean, look, <clears throat> Josh Thor, I'm, best, I'm really close friends with the Thrower brothers, actually. And, you know, any game they're in, there's a chance that something happens. Um, I mean, look, as people get older, it kind of dies down, too, right? And guys kind of try to, like, hold their fights. If it, Obviously, it's between one of the two of them. I would probably say, uh, I'd probably say Collins against Thrower. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, so let's say I guess we'll, we'll we'll do both sides here. What if what if it was Skio versus Thrower? <clears throat> That's a dog fight. They both punch pretty hard and punch the same way. I mean, it, it's it's tough to guess on that one. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Skio by a narrow win, I guess. That's what I had. I had Skio as a narrow win just because he's a little bit younger. I think a little bit faster. Um, but I mean, definitely don't. Well, I don't think he's faster. I think he's. I think he throw. I think he throws a little bit harder. But oh, okay. Look, I mean, the the way Skio throws is like kind of he throws you know from behind his hip and and Josh Thor fights really open, right? So that that's one of the ones where it could go either way. It just depends on uh, on who gets a better grab, I guess. Yeah. Well, you see, I mean, of course, this is 
great. This is why it, um, it's great to have you on here. You know, you with the uh, you're talking about opening up his hips and uh, everything like that. Are you a big video guy when it comes to hockey fights? Like, do you do you I mean, study I guys? When I used to be when when there was like guys that I was trying to fight that had 250 fights. You know, right. and I was trying to study, them, but you know, it's a little bit more. Uh, you gotta you gotta just take it with a grain of salt right now. Too, it depends on the situation. Is a guy tired? You know, like yeah. There's uh, there's a hundred different things that that go into it, and, and to be honest with you, I don't think guys have fight enough nowadays where, like, they really know what they're doing. They're kind of maybe coming out of junior where they've only were allowed to have three four fights. So even if they're good good at fighting, you know, they're they're not Garrett Klotz who has two hundred and fifty. So <laughs> no, for sure. And actually, well, speaking of Garrett Klotz, there was the team. Uh, the next matchup we have here is between the Rapid City Rush and the Iowa Heartlanders. But I believe Rapid City actually released Garrett Klotz, so I don't think he's playing with them right now. So this is another. I thought he just got signed. I saw. I thought I, I somebody had just told me that he didn't sign. I could be wrong. I don't know with Garrett Klotz. It's always a toss up with him. Um, let me see here. I swear I saw he was. He I mean, look, I, we could we could pass over that game because no one's fighting him there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no one, no one's fighting oh. there. That's true. Um, the next one is going to be your Kansas City Mavericks and the Wichita Thunder, former team of yours. And I guess the only two guys there, since you're not in Wichita, would have to be probably Kelly Bent, former guest of the show, tough middleweight guy. Uh, and he well, actually we, Rapid City. We could go back when Zach Hoffman is there. Oh, that's right. They do have Zach Hoffman. Okay. I know. I well, I don't think bet, they have anybody. If I had a bet, they would be Hoffman, but I don't know who they have in in Iowa. Um, now, if I skip on to the next one where we were right now, uh, Kansas City has Ryan Devine. Yep. And they have uh, Noshbar. Yes, I know he's up with Coachella. Yeah, he's up with Coachella Valley in the AHL. But if he gets sent down, it's to Kansas City, I believe. Yeah. So, and then you have Bent, and you have um, what's his name? Uh, Rhodes. No, Kyle. It's not Kyle Rhodes. It's the guy that my my brother fought in that fight. Shoot, I'm trying to think. Now you got me thinking for Wichita. Yeah, there's another guy. It starts with a B, I think his name. Thunder. Let me see here. Now I've got to do all the deep dives. I thought I had everything down packed. He's, I... he's out of AUS right now. Uh, like he's out of a Canadian school. He's another tough kid. You said it starts with a B? Or a D. Uh, he's a forward. He had zero points in 15 games, I think, last year. <laughs> Let me actually go to hockey. D. The French name, dude. It's a French name. All right. Let me see here. Uh, only one I got is Boeing Dickman Goud uh, no. Bates Boucher. Dylan Boucher. Boucher, exactly. There okay. You go. There we go. Sorry about that, yeah. Dylan. <laughs> no, so there's a possibility. I mean, look, he's a tough kid. He plays hard. Bruce always runs a, a strong team. And, you know, I think uh, I think Kansas City's going to try to come back with uh, with some grit this year. After years pass, so it's a good a uh, good start for them, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Ryan Devine is going to be. That's another guy who, uh, you know, coming up from the SP, it was the same like same thing we talked about earlier. I'm curious to see how he does versus ECHL caliber guys now, because um, I would consider I would say honestly probably Ryan Devine was the heavyweight champ of the ECHL or excuse me uh, the SPHL last year. Um, so I'm curious to see what what he's going to be showing to the ECHL level since he's going to league up now. Yeah, we'll see. So. 
All right. The next matchup we have is former team years, the Allen Americans taking on the Idaho Steelheads. I know Idaho doesn't have much, but, uh, you know, Allen does have Michael Robidoux. So there is uh, plenty of chances for the pot to get stirred when he's on the ice. Yeah, I mean, look, Robbie's one of those players who's really effective when he's finishing his checks, and, you know, he's a he's a thorn in the side to play against. So, um, you know, anything is possible in a game with him just because of how he, how he finishes his checks and now he's on the four checks. So, um, obviously, I'd put him as the number one culprit, and then I don't know who on the other team, Franklin, maybe? Yeah, I don't know on Idaho because they lost they lost Walker to the UK. They used to have Kyle Marino, but he's been up in the AHL. So you or excuse me, not Utah. Um, Idaho doesn't just. I feel like they just don't have much out there right now. Um, no, old division is just kind of it's like so weird. Um, I guess the next one we'll go to, which is going to be on Saturday, October twenty first, and this is going to be a good one. So we have the Orlando Solar Bears taking on the South Carolina Stingrays, and I have not been able to get to it on the podcast yet. But of course, the announcement came that Garrett Hunt has resigned, or excuse me, has signed with the South Carolina Stingrays. Did you ever play against Garrett Hunt at all at some point? I mean, yeah, you had I to, him four right? Times. Yeah, I was about to say you had to have. I, I figured you fought him. I didn't know how many times though. <laughs> yeah, four. So what's all it, of them what's he like? Shift. Well, all, uh, all of them were first shift. You said. Yeah, pretty much. I think except one of them. <laughs> well, what First was it? Puck of the draw, like drop on the puck. Yeah, exactly. What was it like fighting the uh, Garrett? Well, Hunt? I, I mean, uh, look. Um, I mean, the fights were all really good. I don't. Uh, Garrett Hunt's one of those guys where, you know, if you don't fight him on the first shift, he's either going to hurt one of your own players, <laughs> or, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things you just almost got to get it out of the way. Or you're going to have to deal with him the entire game. Yeah, absolutely. The two teams that I think have really stacked up kind of this year have been actually South Carolina and Savannah. Um, although I know Tyler Drevich just uh, went to, I believe it was Maine, uh, more of kind of an agitator as opposed to just kind of a tough guy and enforcer. But I'm really curious to see how South Carolina will stack up against Savannah. I know that's not the match that we're talking about because Savannah, or excuse me, um, South Carolina plays Orlando and the one we're talking about. But uh, it's interesting because they have Jackson Leopard out there. Uh, not a heavyweight, but definitely a willing guy. He'll go when he has to. And they also have Cole Frazier. Who, uh, no, in... that, that'll that'll be a fun. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be fun for them, but it'll be fun <laughs> right. for them to watch. Yeah, no, exactly. It's fun for everybody to watch for sure. Those are the games you want to circle on the calendar. Um, but they're actually yeah, exactly. so for this matchup, they're playing Orlando. So I'm thinking, you know, if anything, it's going to be like maybe Maza goes, or it's just going to be those three just running a month. Well, especially <laughs> if it's in, in uh, is it in is it in it's uh, in South it's Tokyo? in South Carolina. Yeah. All right. Good luck, Maza. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, short and sweet. Um, the next one is going to be the Savannah Ghost Pirates taking on the Atlanta, Go- uh, excuse me, Atlanta Gladiators. I, Atlanta lost some toughness. I think all they really have left is Dalton Thrower. Um, they lost. They lost Josh. Not back and then there's Graves. Yep, and then there's Graves because they lost. They lost Malcolm Hayes. Malcolm Hayes is with Cincy now. Um, so Atlanta, oof, good luck down there. They're about in the same boat as Florida. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, Graves is really tough. Obviously, I played with him for two and a half years. I didn't really ever see him lose a fight. Yeah. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go out of my way and tell him that he's somebody's looking for it. Um, can't really take a pick on that one. I mean, there's uh, there's always a chance something happens, especially when you have Collins and uh, and uh, what's his name? And Skio in the lineup. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. It'll either happen or it won't. But. Something will have to happen for, for Graves to end up having to fight. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and if there's a couple people that can make something happen, it's definitely going to be Skio and uh, <laughs> and Collins there. No, I mean, look, that's the that's the tough thing now is that it's not exactly easy for them to do it either because they have a right. target on their back. So you know, <clears throat> what you really need is to have someone like a Robidoux or someone that's a, that, that's able to fly around the ice because you know if you're really kind of ineffective out there, you can't do anything. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that those guys are ineffective. You know, they're they're both good hockey players in their own right. But I mean, as far as like, it, you know, going up to anybody but someone like an, a mirror image of themselves isn't just going to fight them for no reason, right? You know, like they're not. So at the end of the day, like I mean, if Skeel runs someone or Collins runs somebody, then there's a chance it happens. Or if someone on their team runs someone, and then both guys come in, but. You know, the start off the draw, just old school mentality fighting is a is a far fetched idea, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, I and I guess you know, talk about opening night. Um, or excuse me, t- in talking about opening night, what was kind of you know, how did you always feel opening night of the ECHL season? You know, were, were you jacked? Were you amped for it? Uh, you know, what was kind of your thought process going into opening night as a player? I mean, look, it, it, it changed throughout the years, right? So I spent the first four years of my career in the American League, and, and those games were always the exact same where, you know, there was a lot of pressure, obviously. You know, you were coming down from NHL camp at the beginning. I was sent down. Um, my first ECHL opening night was I played against Wheeling, who I'd been with the last two years for maybe like tw- 12 games combined. Like, So I opened the season with... Brampton against them and I fought my friend Pat McGrath who was my teammate the two years before that like it was one of those things because you also knew it was a packed night right you know it, it at the time it kind of just it, it encompassed that minor league you know like there's going to be a fight that night you may as well do it at the beginning and make it look like it's uh you know like, like it's something worth watching uh Obviously, you know, over the years after that, it, it's everything's kind of trickled over the games. I don't think I've had an opening night fight in maybe three or four years. Your one versus Bla- your one versus Blashman wasn't on opening night. No, it was uh, it was like three. It was it was maybe the fourth game. Of oh the man, why did I think that was? I thought for sure that was an opening night uh, fight. No, 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 no. It was uh, the the Blanch the Blanchman thing was a funny story though, but. Uh, but you know he did he did well for himself. Obviously, I'm proud of him that he's in uh, that he's in Kalamazoo too. We kind of keep in touch. Um, yeah, I mean that's the thing now though. And then everyone's kind of you know aware of the fact that you have ten fights. So you know if you burn one, that's already nine gone. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I don't know. I hate that's why I can't stand that rule. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. So the next matchup, well, I mean, it's the Florida Everblades and the Iceman. I mean, again, Florida doesn't really have anybody, and the Iceman really just have kind of Jack Van Bokel. What's that? Anything could happen in that one. You yeah. Know, that's always, I will say those were always entertaining games. Even without a fight, those were always uh, those were always really fun games to go to, the Florida versus Jacksonville games. Oh, yeah, they're a blast. state rivalry. Yeah, fun time. Um, all right, the next one is another one um, I think folks should probably circle on the calendar a bit here. And you and I talked about it before we got going, but that's the K-Wings taking on the Toledo Walleye. Yeah, I mean, look, it'll probably be uh, Blanchman on one side, McGrath on the other. Yeah. You know, it depends if they both dress. Yeah, it does. It all depends who, on if they dress. Uh, I believe it's at k Let me double check. Uh, yeah, it's it's at Kalamazoo. Yeah, I mean, look, Toledo always has such a deep lineup. 
Right. So sometimes, you know, they go about not dressing, you know, their tough guy just because, you know, they get a lot of great talent from that Detroit slash whatever area. And, and I know it's funny, it's Kalamazoo's in Michigan, but uh, Toledo's in Ohio. But uh, a lot of guys from their NCAA years and, and people that are comfortable living around there, you know, it's kind of a central point to uh, to a lot of tra- people's, you know, hometowns. So, you know, if they come in with a really stacked lineup, it really depends on who's playing and who's not. But uh, if there is going to be a fight, it'll definitely be Patty Boy and uh, and uh, our, our other boy Blanche. Who you got? Who you got taking that fight? Man. Pat has 250 fights, you know? Yeah, he does. He's he's seasoned. You know, so I'm going to have to give Pat the edge. but I And, uh, you know, that would certainly be a, an old school tilt, the way Patty fights and the way Blatchman fights also. Yeah, well, take you fought Blatchman. What's it like fighting Nico? No, Nico, look, he's really willing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, he's got a couple of years less than me, and... Uh, you know, I had a bit of a strategy on what I wanted to do going into the fight. Sucks that at the end of it, he ended up hitting his head. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that Nico had asked me before the, the game the weekend before and then ended up fighting one of my teammates. And uh, he kind of made it just impossible for me to want to say no, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I usually, I, look, I'm getting 40 points a year usually. So, as far as my... Uh, my my regular fighting days like that have kind of come and gone. Right. But, uh, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, which it did that day, and, um, you know, and uh, all the kudos in the world to the, to him, I, I obviously think he's super tough. And if it was somebody else, I'd probably pick him. But I've been, he'll understand. I'm friends with Pat McGrath the last 10 years, and uh, I got I to gotta roll with my boy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, to- totally get it. And like I said, when we say this, it's all, all in good fun, of course. Um, it's all hypothetical, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and I know, and I know, I know Nico is going to be listening to the show, and he's not going to like this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a slight edge to McGrath. Maybe I'll put a fire in Nico and make him try harder if he goes him opening night. Uh, but I'll say, I'll say McGrath. Just, I think he's got the experience as well. Same thing. Um, I, I, I don't know, um, you know, how big the size difference because I don't think there's much size difference between the two. No, there isn't. Look, Pat's hit one of those guys who's probably he's like 200, 210 pounds. Like he's yeah. probably one of the most like impressive physiques. Of guys playing he's just like chiseled and big and you know it's hard to it's hard to go against a guy who was fighting justin sawyer and he was fighting ECF. Yeah. He, he, you know like that's where the that's where the line of of things change you know whereas you know b- back when you know i played in the american league or even pat was in the american league for a while like man my first fights were against like brad Staubitz, uh yep McQuaid, like you know the now, or, or, you know, I was afraid of Gillies or, mm-hmm. you know, Marathi or, you know, I fought Justin Johnson. You know, the disparity between me to them is kind of what I am now to the to the next level of, you know, guys that are fighting and whatever. So it, it's really hard to compare. But, I mean, if you're asking, like, Pat was fighting 30 times a year 20, 10 years ago. Right. You know, there's 30 times is, is three times more than the amount guys can fight now. Yeah, exactly. That's what, and that's it's crazy so, to I think mean, about. It is. You gotta, you gotta, like, you go. You gotta consider these things. I mean, yep. But um, obviously, I'm. Uh, I think it would be a really good fight. And uh, you know, I wish uh, Pat obviously the best in his season, or I wish Nico the best in his season too. I think. Uh, I think he ends up coming to Allen at the end of the year. Not that I'm signed there or anything right now, but. <laughs> there you go, folks. 
Um, all right, so that leaves you up for that matchup there. The next one, well, we, oh, this is actually a good one. I must have almost scrolled past it here. We have the Adirondack Thunder taking on the Worcester Railers, and or excuse me, the Worcester Railers. I'm, I'm probably gonna get ridiculed from the Railers fans because I always mispronounce that fucking town name. I'm sorry, boys. Um, but Worcester. yeah, old Worcester there. So the Railers picked up uh, Chris Ordebody. They re-signed him. And they got Jake Schultz back. Uh, I know we played there, a few, I think, a few, like a year or two ago, and they got him back. Um, and then on the flip side, out there in Adirondack with the Thunder, yeah, they got Tur- yeah, they got Turcott. And to me, I love Ordabody, former guest of the show, a tough I, dude. Yeah, Turcott beats both of them. Yeah, I got Turcott taking that. And then I mean, on I I can see if I, I think a fight is more likely to happen if it's any. I don't know because I'm not think about it. I Here's the thing though, that's also getting, you know, he, he's gotten older. He's, you know, he's still trying to be, he's a good player. As far as salary goes, he's one of, he's not low paid on, uh, on Adirondack, you know, like there's still a disparity between him and, uh, and obviously guys that have been bouncing around teams, right. but, uh, you know, Turk's not somebody to say no. So yeah, I don't, no, uh, I got, I got Turk shape or form you know Turk God doesn't say no to anyone yeah for sure and another recent signing oh I shouldn't say signing he's on the training camp roster anyway um just throwing it out there for folks tough tough cat I wouldn't consider him a heavyweight or anything like that but Colin Felix is uh and on the training camp roster excuse me training camp roster can't talk right now uh for Adirondack tough dude I, I like I said I wouldn't consider him a heavyweight or like necessarily an enforcer or anything but definitely a guy that you can keep an eye on because he'll it, it's very situational depending with Felix I think if he's going to drop the gloves or not but uh don't be surprised if he does with like order body or Schultz or something like that I could actually see Felix and order body being a decent fight I don't um, know I don't know what Felix is to be honest with you yeah um I I who was I who was he on with I think it was Redding is when I first kind of started noticing Felix because I but it was before you know the whole YouTube channel got shut down by the yeah, league yeah, yeah, I uh, that. I that. oh yeah that was a fun time fucking terrible um but yeah, feel I know Felix was on there with uh, with Redding, so that's kind of how I noticed him off the rip there. Um, but yeah, I definitely I I mean, out of both those teams, I mean Yannick Turcotte, nobody's touching him. So the next one we got uh, <laughs> Norfolk and Greenville. I think that's probably going to be a snoozer. Sorry, Greenville and Norfolk fans. Well, no, well Greenville has Mark Lewis now. Oh, that's right, they did get Mark Lewis. You're right. So I mean, but I mean, who does Norfolk have? They don't. <laughs> they they, they got thrower. Yeah. Is he gonna? Uh, I don't know. Is he? Oh well, look, Lewis is old school, man. So yeah, maybe they go. Well, I no, I, no, but Lewis is. Uh, what I mean is, Lewis is older, so right. He would have to. Oh, you know, but uh, Mark is. Uh, Mark's actually one of my best friends from last year in Cardiff. Uh, I mean, he's a he's he's absolutely huge, and he's uh, strong as nails. So, well, he's tough as nails. So yeah. All right. Well, there's a possibility for them. I was th- I was just thinking if because in that case, if Thrower went the night before or two days before, I just don't know if he'd go that night. But if he doesn't no. go the opening night, then maybe he goes then because it's just it's just really yeah, quick to burn two flop. fights. What's that? That's the flip flop. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. So we'll go to the next one here. Uh, well, we already went over at Kansas City and Wichita. Next one is actually, I think we went all over all the matchups until the very last one here, which is the Wheeling Nailers taking on the Cincinnati Cyclones. Ooh, uh, I don't know who's on Wheeling, and I don't know who's on Cincy anymore now that uh, now that Sean Allen's gone. So Allen is gone, Atwal's gone, but Cincinnati did pick up Malcolm Hayes, but that's really kind of their 
their only guy, and and for Wheeling, I don't think uh, they really have anybody. You know. Yeah, you got Vave. He's he's definitely, uh, but he's not going to go all the time. He's definitely, you know. No, but I mean, look, it's opening night. Like that's the yeah. type of guy where just you know someone does something stupid and he could go and beat your ass. You know. Yeah, and that's why he's the captain, right? Yeah. Um, but on Wheeling, yeah, I don't think Wheeling has anybody really. Uh, I'm trying to think because they used to have they had Van Bokel last year, but he's not with them anymore. So I don't. Mm. No, they always well Derek and uh, Derek Army used to always like pack in a pretty decently tough team, but um, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't really. I'm not really sure of any players there to be honest with you. Yeah, all good, man. Uh, I'm not either. But I gotta ask. So with Wheeling, of course, legendary uh, barn. What's it like playing in the city of Wheeling and going into that arena? Oh my God! Look, I don't think. I honestly, I think I have like nine fights in the Wheeling Arena, and I've played maybe fourteen games there. <laughs> like one, I saw the original. Like, so Montreal Canadiens was originally affiliated with Wheeling. Were they really? Uh, yeah. So we were Montreal Hamilton, Hamilton Wheeling, and I got sent down as a as a punishment for uh, the last game of the season. And I showed up, and we were living in these cabins in the wood. And, like, I, I showed up, and the, and the pillow that I had for my bed was, like, black, man. And I was like, man, this is this is too much. And I put my T-shirt around it, and I made a T-shirt pillowcase. And uh, <laughs> that next day, when we showed up to the rink, at the time, it was called, like, the West Virginia Tough Man Competition. So there was, like, a boxing ring in the middle of the, in the, middle of the rink. Mm-hmm. And uh it, it's now known as rough and rowdy but at the time it was like you know joe the plumber versus mike you know the the blacksmith right and uh they, they there was a night full of fights and um you know guys had, uh, guys had been throwing up because they were so nervous to go out there and fight that they were throwing up all over the dressing room because that's what oh, they were getting shit paid. yeah man and that, so my first three days in wheeling ever i didn't even get to go on the ice there wow what a what a what a time what a time <laughs> Oh, that was my first introduction to the jungle, man, and I can tell you it was uh, it was something. Yeah, you're probably like, "What the fuck did I do?" Oh man, I was like, "Oh boy, I couldn't believe it." <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. I definitely got to get you back on, and I want to do a deep dive into your career and really get get an in depth view at Sean, or excuse me, Sean at Stefan Fournier's career. Um, so I definitely got to get you back on in the future, man. Yeah, no problem, buddy. I appreciate coming on today. It was fun. You know, just get to chat about what the boys might might not be doing the first game of the season. And, um, you know, I just want to say if anyone was listening, best of luck to you guys in the year and uh, nothing personal. Actually, real quick, I got to ask you one more question before you go. Uh, who do you consider the ECHL heavyweight champ currently in the league? Man, well, I mean, Klotz is probably still number one to me. Yeah. Klotz yeah, is a then- good one. Plots is there, and then you're t- then you're looking at number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that I'm. Hey, no doubt, man. I love Klotz. He's a gamer. He's been there. I mean, he's been doing it for so many uh, fucking man. years. I mean, he's also he's also an absolute behemoth of a human being. Oh yeah, and he's shredded to the fucking gills. Like, just still looks like he could run a fucking oh, marathon, man, no problem. Yeah, he, yeah, he looks like a Greek god. Man. A Greek god. He's six <laughs> foot six, six seven, two hundred and sixty five pounds of muscle, like. Yeah, I was about to say with what, like, like two percent body fat on him to boot. Oh, the guy, yeah, 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 yeah. He's for sure number one. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, thank you again for coming on. This was a great time. You yeah, you're fight. welcome. Have a good one. Fight. Fight. Fight.